0: Hello, um, really, the reason why I'm talking today is I've just always wanted to have an excuse <clears throat> to show a clip of a movie called What About Bob, and I figured out how to do it in a sermon, so I was like, I want to do it soon. Um, if you've ever, s- it was an- the movie came out in 91, What About Bob, and it's about this, it's Bill Murray is Bob. Bob. And he's like a neurotic, OCD, everything. And uh, his psychiatrist is uh, Dr. Leo Marvin or Richard Dreyfus. And uh, Bob ends up following his therapist, uh, Richard Dreyfus, on vacation. And so the doctor can't stand Bob, he just wants to get rid of him. But uh, the doctor's family loves Bob. And so, anyway, I'm going to show you a clip where Bob is driving with uh, one of the doctors, the doctor's daughter, and uh, she's going to invite him to go sailing. And then, you're, the next scene is going to be when uh, Bob is talking to the doctor's son about what he just did. So, here we go. Do you want to come sailing with me on my friend George's boat? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay, you don't have to. No, I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> it sounds great. I, I've never been on a boat and I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> it just makes my lips numb to think about it. But if your friend is a good sailor and the craft is seaworthy, yes, I will go sailing. Yeah, let's go sailing. I have no other plans. I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Did I telling you I sailed on my first try? <laughs> I just let the boat do the work. That was my secret. <laughs> I love that line. I use that line all the time. I let the boat do all the work. That's my secret. Um, when Emily and I were younger, we looked like this. <clears throat> I can't believe my son Leighton has long hair, it's such a disgrace. Um, so that's us. And then uh, we got pregnant and the first, uh, the first four months were miserable for Emily. Uh, she was so, so sick. And then um, without going into all the, labor, all the details of labor, it was not easy. And um, part of that was because of this guy. The, that's actual size. <laughs> um, <clears throat> <clears throat> well, nine pounds, six ounces of Edgley, it was not easy. And it was really, really hard. And the, the, so Emily did all the work. And then Dr. McCullen and all the other doctors in there uh, made sure that he stayed alive when he got born because that, you know, a little sketchy there for a minute. And, but then, will go to the next picture. There's Edgley um, with Emily. So Edgley's first task in life wasn't really a task at all. His first task was simply to be held by his mother. His first task was to simply be loved, to simply belong, to simply rest. That's how his life began. And he did it all based on the work of his mother and the doctors. So if Edgley would have been able to speak when he was two hours old, he might have said, I let my mom do all the work, that's my secret. Um, and you can go off of that. Uh, <clears throat> when we talk about Sabbath, Sabbath is the word that we use. It, it comes from creation. Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, begins with, in the beginning, God created. And through six days, God creates all that there is. He creates the heavens and the earth. He creates the animals and the plants. And on the sixth day, God creates us. He creates humanity. And on the seventh day, it says, God rested from all of his work. And this has become really important. It's even in the Ten Commandments that we should remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. But we... And we've often talked about Sabbath in terms of, uh, you work for six days, and then you get your Sabbath, that you do the work, and then you earn a day off, because that's what God did. But what is interesting, and I'm going to read, so we'll keep that up there. I am going to start a little bit sooner in chapter 1. Back in verse 27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created us on the sixth day. Then it says, um, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Now, I'm going to reread this part here, and I just want you to hear the emphasis on who is doing the work. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Sabbath comes after God has done all the work. Humanity is created on the sixth day. What is our first day? Our first day is Sabbath. Humanity doesn't work for six days and earn a day off. Our first day is Sabbath, is rest. We let God do all the work. That's our secret. We begin in belonging. We begin in peace. We begin in rest. We begin in enjoyment. We begin in being loved. That is our first day. Our first day is Sabbath because of all the work that God has done. Jesus himself, his ministry starts like that. Uh, in Mark, we get the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, and he goes out to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And uh, he goes out there, John uh, puts him into the water, he comes up, and Jesus says that he saw the Spirit descending on, descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, "'This is my Son, whom I love. "'With you I am well pleased.'" right, you have to realize, Jesus has done nothing to this point. All he has done is be born, and he has, um, we get one story of him not telling his parents where he was going and being in the synagogue and making them annoyed and worried. That's all we know of Jesus before this, and God says to him, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Jesus himself begins in Sabbath. He begins his ministry being loved and known by the Father. Then Jesus continues that ministry throughout his life. Uh, The woman caught in adultery, if we know that story. There's a woman, the Pharisees have said, oh, she's committed adultery and everybody's going to stone her. Well, Jesus gets in between them and disperses them, and he looks at the woman... And he says, who here condemns you? No one, sir. Neither do I. He begins with Sabbath, with, with, with forgiveness. He begins with belonging. He says, no one condemns you. Now, fair enough. After that, he says, go and sin no more. But it begins in grace. It begins with acceptance and forgiveness. Uh, When the paralyzed man, if you know that story, there were four, four men who brought their friend to Jesus. He was paralyzed, so they carry him on a mat, and they put him in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at his friends, at the faith of their friends, and says, and looks at the man and says, Son, which is so awesome, right? The word son, it's a term of relationship. It's a term of, and it's a relationship that can't be broken. Edgley's my son, whether he wants to be or not. Um, No matter what happens, no matter, nothing can happen where he'll never not be my son. So Jesus uses that kind of a permanent relational term and says to the guy on the mat, son, your sins are forgiven. This man hasn't done anything. He didn't even he may not have even wanted to go to Jesus. His friends just dragged him there. And this guy didn't say anything, didn't ask for anything. We don't know if he had faith. All we know is that Jesus begins his relationship with this man by calling him son. And so it's Sabbath. It's belonging, it's being loved, it's being forgiven. That's where it begins. The most famous of Jesus' parables is the the parable of, um, well, we always call it the prodigal son, but it really should be called the parable of the loving father because he has two sons. The younger one says, I want my inheritance. All right, I kind of wish you were dead so I can get some money. The father gives it to him. The father gives it to him. He gives him grace that's totally unmerited and not even probably good grace, but he gives it to him. The son goes off and he squanders it in, this, in sinful living and he comes back home and the first thing the father did, does is put a robe and a ring on him. Those are signs of belonging, of being in the family, of being the son. And then the, the older son He's annoyed that the father's being so nice and graceful. The older son is complaining, and the father says to that son, he says, my son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Um, When I worked for Young Life, and I worked with high school kids, we would do these ridiculous characters, and there was these one characters, we would come out as bike cops. And, uh, And one of our taglines was, because we were very uh, safety-conscious bike cops, and we would say, it's safety first, it's safety last, and it's safety um, right up the middle. And, um, And I think of that when I think of this story, that it's grace first, it's grace second, and it's grace all the way through. I talk about all of this Because the only way that my faith makes sense to me is if I can rest in what God has done. Because if it's all up to me, that is bad news. If it's it's all about my faith, my obedience, my kindness, my anything, that's not good. My children can attest to that. Um, if it's all up to me, then it's not good news. Often we talk about the gospel that God has done this great thing for us. Now it's all up to you. And if you don't do it, then you're not being very grateful. and You don't have a lot of faith. You've got to get more faith. To me, that just sounds like bad news. <laughs> um, learning, like understanding that we begin in sabbath that idea has really changed everything for me because it's i begin with what god has already done that it's not about my faith it's about god's faithfulness to me it, and to all of us it's not about did i work hard so i can earn a day of rest it's has god done all that is required so that i can be his that i can belong to him and the answer is yes that's why it's gospel good news and so i think about this what does it look like to understand that sabbath is the beginning well in terms of how we relate to god i think i think that allows us to have some freedom that no matter what, when we have doubt, when we fail, when we... Whatever it is, that we know that we are still his daughter, we are still his son. And that's where it begins. And you can't get any further than that. That's, that's as low as you can go, is to be simply his. Because we begin there. We can't go any further back. That's where we begin. We begin like Edgeley resting in the arms of his mother. We begin there. And so that should give us a ton of freedom in our faith. It should give us a ton of, ton of freedom to love well. It should give us a ton of freedom to forgive and to, to receive forgiveness from God and from others. It should, give us, um, it should give us a deep sense of love that goes beyond what anybody else can say to us. Because that is the fundamental truth of who we are. That we are loved. We begin in Sabbath. And then, what what can it mean for how we relate to others? What if I began each day with my relationship with my kids or with the, the, the people I work with at school or my students? What if I began each day with Sabbath with them? That I began with grace I so often begin with all the other stuff that I bring to it or all the other stuff that I know that they've done. And I want to start there. (laughs) But what if I started with Sabbath, with that we belong to each other, that you are loved, I am loved, and then we move from there. I wrote, um, you know, what, what would it look like to start with grace in our relationships, in our families, with kids, with parents, what would it start? What would it look like to start with grace with our enemies? Uh, what would it look like to start a If somebody wants to start talking about Supreme Court nominees or presidents, and that conversation starts, what if we began that conversation with grace? Um, because that's where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> uh, we, Emily and I were just at a weekend with some old friends, and, and conversations came up like that. And, wh- you know, I was so conscious of, what if, we, what if it, we stayed with grace, rather than getting to who's right, who's wrong, and who's awful, and who's wonderful, and all that. <clears throat> By the way, when Hope asked me... Uh, what the title of the sermon was going to be, I just kept writing her fake ones to see what she would say. But one of them, I was like, I wrote "Talking Politics." <clears throat> We're not going to do that. Um, <clears throat> Sabbath is the beginning. When and so here's a trivial, a trivial example. Uh, I was in—I think I was still in college—and my parents were away up in North Georgia for the, uh, a month in the summer, and uh, I had taken their little boat out, this little Carolina skiff. It's, uh, the the motor was—you had to drive the tiller, so it was a small little boat—and I took it out on the Mantee River. And as I was coming back towards the 59th Street boat ramp, there were some, you know, waves from the wake of another boat. And so I go over there, and all of a sudden, the the motor, which was not bolted through, it was just clamped on, it vibrated or something, and all of a sudden, it goes, and jumps off and sinks to the bottom of the Manatee River. So my dad, like, he would get so frustrated with me if I, like, took a tool off the tool bench and didn't put it in the right spot later. And or if I left a light on or a door open, and I'm like, I just lost his motor in the bottom of the Manatee River. I'm done. This is it. <laughs> um, oh, so well. So I call. So I call my dad after. I tried to get actually. Um, Billy's dad, Randy McSwain, took me out on his boat and we dragged him an anchor trying to see if we could find the motor. I don't know what we were going to do if we thought we found it. It's like 14 feet deep there. I'll just swim it up. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I, after all that, I call my dad and the first thing I say is, Happy Father's Day, because it was Father's Day. <laughs> and... and <laughs> Then I was like, remember your motor, <laughs> um, and but it's, again, it's a silly example because it's just a motor. But I remember my dad responding s- with so much grace. He was worried about me, worried about um, whether we were able to, you know, get the boat back up, and he and he was just worried that I was okay. And uh, so I think. And and, and that's just a motor. But what about when people really hurt us emotionally or betray us or or someone disappoints us in a way that is really hurtful? Um, To remember, and then to come back and think and remember that we begin in Sabbath, that when Christ was on the cross, even there he began in Sabbath. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do that um, we begin in a place of belonging and of relationship with him, and then we can move forward. And there are hard conversations, there are confrontations, there are hard things in life for sure. There are six days of toil. However, we begin in Sabbath. We begin with belonging. Hope has, the. Um, I wasn't here last week, but before, I, there were two sermons in a row where I was so aware of her using the language of we belong. She used it in terms of uh, the uh, communion that, uh, that it's a symbol of belonging, whether it's to the two-year-olds that come up or the 95-year-olds that come up. It's, it's you belong. You belong. And it's not because of you. It's because of God. God does all the work. That's the secret. Uh, somebody smarter than I uh, wrote this. Sabbath does not stand at the end, but at the beginning. What precedes it is entirely the work of God. Our relationship with God begins with gospel, not law. Our freedom, not our commitment. A holiday, not a task. Joy, not with toil and trouble. That's good news. I, that's good news. I can rest in that. I can. I, I understand that it's not all up to us. God has done the work. Now we simply enjoy it. Um, we all begin in Sabbath. We begin like Edgeley, through the efforts of others. We begin resting in the work of God. We begin in belonging. We begin in grace. That's a good place to begin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the work that you have done. And thank you that we just get to rest and be and belong in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.